So if you want to support me in any way, you can go on patreon.com, like I said, slash Kaylin, and you can be a monthly donor. I'm also thinking that you can donate just a couple times, but anything helps. I'll use that money for food or to get me to my next place safely or different things like that. Um, expenses that might come up on the road that I need to use cash for, different things like that. So I really, really appreciate it. But either way, another way that you can support me is commenting on iTunes on my podcast and just letting me know what you think or sending my work to others. So I'll stop doing that. I know when I listen to podcasts now, I hear all these different uh, sponsorships and memos and all that good stuff at the beginning. And sometimes I'm just thinking like, yeah, yeah, just get to the good stuff. So that's what I'll do right now. We're taking a break from interviews today. So if you listened to the last episode before, I interviewed one of my good friends, Natan, and we talked about psychosis and different mental... Uh, I don't want to call them mental illnesses, but that's what everyone refers to them as. So I'm using the word mental illness as a word that I personally don't want to use, but that most people understand. And we talked about what that kind of, mean, kind of means in the last podcast. So check that out. Uh, it gives you a perspective of someone who has to learn to use their brain in different ways to function every day. And also, he's just a wonderful person who has a lot of really insightful things to share. So if you want to kind of rework your brain, hang out with us, and have a good little laugh, make sure you check out the last episode that I did. So to cut to the chase... I want to tell you about my arrest and how it felt because it was kind of like this emotional wave that I rode during the whole thing and I'll tell you why. So first of all, my friend that I interviewed in the last episode, Nathan, let me know that PETA was doing a disruption sort of thing and that I could definitely be a part of that and of course I wanted to. So I had a couple days off on the farm that I was working at and I met up with PETA and we drove over to San Diego, which is the farthest down that I've ever been in California, which was really cool. And I met a bunch of other activists who were amazing. I never am uh, uninspired or I'm never failing or lacking in the inspiration, 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 inspiration department when I meet other activists because they're so brave and they have so much to give and they really just want to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. So Anyways, I could talk about them forever, but I met really cool activists, and our game plan was to enter SeaWorld's water park, and we did. So we had to go inside, and we had wetsuits like you would use for surfing, but they had orcas on them. and Or not orcas, but they made us look like orcas, so they had different patterns on them. And then we also had swim caps that made us look like orcas, and a fin behind us, and these dark goggles. So we looked really funny practicing, you know, beforehand. All of us in these orca costumes that are really tight and we're getting used to them. And I'm just wondering, like, how did I get here in this room full of amazing people in orca costumes? Anyways, we get into SeaWorld and we change in the bathroom and we walk over to the wave pool. I'm sorry, not into SeaWorld, into the water park of SeaWorld. And we walk into the wave pool where there's tons of people because this is the day before the 4th of July. This is July 3rd and everyone's out with their families and kids and different things like that. And we just do a die-in pile. And I want to say that maybe there were like 12 of us there and then two people holding a sign, but don't quote me on that. That's a rough estimate. So we do a die-in and what that means is that we all kind of fall down the very entrance in the middle of the wave pool and we link arms and legs 
And we stay like that. And two people are standing up holding a sign that says, SeaWorld Kills. So the picture of that will probably be on the podcast cover photo, so you can see what that looks like. And if not, I'll include the article link about this and the video, because PETA live-streamed this video. And you can check both of those out during this podcast or when you're done, whenever. So we do this die-in, and what it looks like is a pile of dead orcas in the very entrance of the water, and you see the SeaWorld kills behind it. And we laid like this for about an hour. It might have actually been over an hour. And so just to let you know what this feels like on my part, is that I'm laying face down with my legs kind of spread open on my belly in this really tight orca costume with goggles on and this tight head thing on. And I'm by a few of my friends and we have our arms and legs locked. And we can hear people starting to clear out of the pool because at first they were just looking at us and making comments and being like, what are they doing? And then they finally caught on. And then the workers at SeaWorld's water park uh, came and started taking everyone out of the pool because it was causing this big spectacle. So they took everyone out of the pool and they got their security guards to come. And their security guards kept saying to us, hey, you need to leave. Hey, you need to leave. Hey, you're being disruptive. You're being disruptive right now. And I always laugh to myself because I'm like, yeah, we are being disruptive. Disruptive. That's the point of a protest or a disruption. So yes, we are being disruptive. That's what we're here to do. But we did it in a nonviolent way. I literally just laid there and didn't move for about an hour. And it is so funny to me because I understand why people are upset because of the message that we're sending or our presence there or whatever. But it's just a crazy reminder of how people react to nonviolence and how people react to just a presence. We didn't say anything. We didn't chant anything. We didn't do anything loud. Nothing like that. We literally, I just literally laid in an orca costume, like other people wear bathing suits, in the entrance of the wave pool. That's what I literally did for an hour. And people were so angry. People were screaming at us that uh, it was their kid's birthday and that we were ruining their day. And my thought about that is that, you know, I know that you paid an entrance to this park, but this place of business is connected to something really, really violent and cruel. So there's that. And also, if I'm ruining your kid's birthday because they can't swim in the wave pool, there are so many other things to do at this water park. So really, maybe we should be evaluating what brings us happiness and entertainment and enjoyment. I mean... It should be more things like being together to celebrate the birthday or finding other activities to do if one ride is shut down. These are just, I'm giving you all my thoughts on what I'm thinking when I'm hearing these comments. People are yelling at us that, hey, this isn't SeaWorld, you got the wrong park. No, but SeaWorld runs this park. And also, on the other hand, there are flamingos in this park that I saw when I walked in that do not have enough space. They're out here with not a natural habitat, so not, you know, the natural food that they would have. They can't do their natural practices because they don't have enough space and they're walking around and they have nothing to do. Um, and you can tell that they're uncomfortable and you can tell that they're out of place. So there actually are animals there that are being oppressed as well, but we're there because SeaWorld runs this place. And this is a really, really good spot to make an impact, obviously, as we did. So what were some of the other comments? Um, that we were ruining kids' birthdays, that we were at the wrong park, uh, that they get it, it's it's time to leave now, like, we, we got your point, we get blah, 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 just get out of the pool, get out of the pool. 
Like, no, you didn't get the point yet. I really need you to sit and think about the message that we're sending and what we're doing and why we're risking so much to do this. So no, in the first five minutes that you see me, you don't get my point because at that point you have not had time to think about why I'm here and the message that I'm presenting to you. So these are just my thoughts as I lay there. So I lay there just looking at the water, looking at body parts, and I can't really see everyone. I can't see what's going on. And at one point, I hear someone say, this person's standing over me, so I can hear their voice from over top of me say, hey, douchebags, get out of the water or else we're going to start hurting you. We're going to drag you out by your ankles. And in that moment was probably the first time that I was actually a little worried because I didn't know if it was a police officer because security had kept threatening and reminding us that they were calling the police. So I didn't know if they had gotten there yet or not. So I didn't know if that was a police officer and if it was, I was even more scared that you know they could say something like that to me. But it wasn't, it was just someone from the crowd. And I don't think that they ended up touching anyone and that the workers at the water park kind of removed them and pushed everyone back into the crowd away from us. But people started like kicking water at us to splash it in our face and different things like that. Now it wasn't all negative. I did hear some positive things and see some thumbs up and we support you looks and things like that on the way out. But those really stick with me as well. But I didn't really see any of those until the end of this demonstration. So that person comes and they say that and I get a little nervous and then I can hear that they kind of go away and then security keeps threatening us, keeps threatening us for about an hour and nothing happens. But they take the sign out of the other activist hands that said SeaWorld kills and those activists just fall down into the pile with us. So as this is continuing to escalate by us just laying there, by our presence, uh, there were, I think there were two separate times that our activists got up and left, and that left one, two, three, four, five of us women there. And we stayed there, and, you know, we had decided, I knew that all these women had decided the same thing, to stay there until the police came and dragged us out. And that's exactly what we did. So security ended up handcuffing us, and we all just kind of went limp. So they had to pick us up and put us down on our bellies. I know I rolled to my side at one point. Um, a lot of other people were just face down. And something that I really, really appreciated is that there was a medical worker from the, from the water park who came and would stand in front of us because the sun was beating down on our faces and we were all getting sunburned a lot. Like our faces were getting really red, we were getting hot, we were laying on the hot cement. So we were out of the water at this point. So at this point, there's five of us, I think I said, laying on the cement, getting sunburned, just waiting, waiting for the cops to come. And everyone's still watching us. They're still yelling at things at us. They're still filming and taking pictures. And then this is when I realized that this was a weird sensation for me because I really like to be over, have control over my own body. You know, I don't smoke or drink. I don't even like to use coffee as a stimulant because I really like being able to have the choice to be present and I really like having that control over my body and what it does and the situations that I put myself in. So yes, I did put myself in this situation knowing that this would happen, but for one of the first times in my life, I really felt like I was at the mercy of everyone else around me. And so the next time, you know, you're thinking 
what an activist might be thinking or doing or that they have no life and that they need to get a job, which we all have jobs, by the way, going through other comments that I hear people yelling. Remember that we're scared too. Like, this isn't something that we just, ha ha, let's go out and do this for fun today. Like, we know that there are risks involved. And I know as a female presenting person that risk could be higher for me too as well. I have a lot of privilege because I'm a white woman, but also the moment my hands are taken away, I have no control over my body. And that is scary to me that I'm leaving that up to the people around me. So that was a new sensation for me. So we laid there for a while and then the police finally came and they started taking us out one by one. And for most of us, they we were all limp. So they had to pick us up and they pulled in wheelchairs and they had to wheel us out in wheelchairs, which I thought was really funny and also very symbolic. One, it was just ridiculous, like looking back at that moment or being in that moment, you know, dressed up as an orca, getting handcuffed and taken out of a water park in a wheelchair. And two, it was so symbolic because these orcas that we're speaking out for are injured, you know, just like us. They don't have control, just like us. They get sunburnt because they don't have enough um, space to dive down into where they live and they get sunburnt just like us and they struggle just like us and they're scared just like us and they have anxiety um, and I've done a lot of research on this now and I suggest that everyone watches Blackfish which is a documentary about this about a SeaWorld at Orca or <laughs> a SeaWorld at Orca, an Orca at SeaWorld and learn about all these facts on what these orcas go through but it was just so symbolic because they're injured and unable to do anything just like we were in that moment so that was so symbolic for me. And my friend Taylor is amazing. Taylor, you are the bomb. You are so inspiring to me. Would not even sit up for the police. So all of us, when the police asked us to sit up, would sit up. And for example, I felt like I was almost, I was in a yoga pose. I was sitting Indian style with my hands behind my back, just sitting straight up. And when I started to get nervous about having my hands behind my back, I just found like my inner core in my breath in my yoga practice and I started to think all these thoughts like oh no there's men around me who have control of my body I don't have my hands all these people are angry screaming at me they could run and attack us they could throw things at us the possibilities are endless so my mind started to wander and I started to get afraid but I found my breath in my core in my center and I, re I remembered why I was here, to speak out for those who aren't able to speak out for themselves. And, you know, I did that energy thing where I put a protective light around me and a protective light around my friends because I knew we were doing the right thing. And, you know, I said I put myself in this situation and I can get scared and have all this anxiety and possibly go into an anxiety attack and make this situation worse. Or I can breathe and I can be present and I can be still. And that's exactly what I decided to do. So in that moment where I was handcuffed, sitting up, that's one of the moments where I've had the most clarity, probably in months. I was completely present. I felt every sensation in my body. I watched all of my thoughts. I controlled what I was thinking of in my emotions. I watched my breath. I, you know, watched my friends. I was controlling my energy levels. And I was just so present in that moment. And I also tuned in to the awareness of that this is what orcas go through. And I really thought about them too in that moment and all the non-human animals who have no choice what happens to them. So that was a really big moment for me.
as an activist, as a human, as an animal. That was a really big moment for me. So anyways, back to what I was saying is that they had to pick us all up and put us in the wheelchairs. And my amazing friend Taylor that I was ranting about wouldn't even sit up. So they had to pick her up and put her on a stretcher and carry her out of the water park, like on a gurney, on a stretcher. And that was the most symbolic thing. You know, she wouldn't even stand up for anyone. So that tells you how serious this is. And then watching someone dressed up as an orca, so watching an orca getting taken out of SeaWorld's park on a stretcher. Wow, I don't think I really need to explain more. You can see it in the pictures, you can see it in the video. It was just so moving. It, I don't really think it could have gone any better than that. So they put us in the cop cars and one of my favorite moments was that I had this thing on my head, which was like a swim cap that was really, really tight. And I really wanted it off because it was digging into the front of my forehead. And I had pulled my goggles off before they handcuffed me because I knew they were about to do it. But I did not pull this thing off because I wanted it to be in the pictures and videos that I still looked like an orca. So my friend beside me in the cop car, thank goodness they put in someone beside me, had to take her bottom teeth and run it against my forehead and put it underneath the swim cap and start to peel it off my head with her teeth. So it probably took us a minute, but I was just laughing to myself because we're sitting in the back of this cop car and her teeth are scraping over my forehead and she pulls this orca cap off my head with her teeth and I'm just like, how did we get here? It's another one of those moments where you're just like, how did I get here? So we drive to the police station and we get inside and they frisk us. And that was another moment where I was like, ugh, because all the cops um, were not feminine, like presenting. They were all masculine presenting. And so I just felt like I was surrounded by a bunch of men and we were. So, you know, we're cuffed, we're pushed up against the car and they're feeling to make sure we don't have anything on us. And I had my ID pressed against me over my bathing suit but under my orca suit because I wanted it with me when I got arrested and they had to take their hands and push it on the outside of my skin to the back of my suit unzip my suit and take it out and of course they asked me if they could do this but I just want people to know like what that feels like to be very vulnerable to be a woman or someone who identifies as femme or femme presenting and have men touch you and feel like you can't do anything about it. That also was something that really scared me um, in that moment. So I had to come back to my breath and kind of calm myself down. So they had to take the hair ties out of our hair to make sure we didn't have anything in our hair. And then they finally took us into uh, the police station. And we were still handcuffed and they handcuffed us to the wall and we had a seat to sit on. Like there was one long metal bench that we all sat on, but they handcuffed us to the wall. And we were really cold because we were still all wet from the pool and we hadn't had a chance to dry off or anything like that. We're still in our costumes, we're still barefooted. Now our hair is a mess all over the place. You know, we still don't have hands. And we sat there for a while where they got our information and tried to ask us questions and different things like that. And we talked to each other. And that was really important for me because it kept me calm and I realized, hey, I'm here and this is the situation, but I'm here with my friends, I'm here with other activists. 
other strong humans, and I'm going to be okay. So having them there and being able to talk and conversate with my friends really was just a breath of fresh air. So they tried to ask us all these questions, and of course, you know, we're not going to answer anything except for the basic information, name, address, all that good stuff. So that took a while. I think we were in jail for only three hours, which is really, really good because people say you're usually in there overnight or a lot longer than that. We were only in there for three hours, so I really appreciated that. And they took my picture for my mugshot, and I was smiling because it's what, I don't know, it's what I'm used to when I get behind a camera, like for yearbook photos or driver's license or anything like that. I always just smile. I don't know. And they were like, hey, stop smiling. You can't smile for this photo. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm in jail. Like, I realized in that moment again that I was in jail. And, or, in, not in jail, but in the police station, arrested. Um, and they did that, and they took our fingerprints and all that good stuff, and they did this one by one, and then they chain us back up to the wall. And then we really all had to go to the bathroom a lot. So they put three of us in a jail cell together, and there were two beds, a mirror on the wall, and a little wall that separated the beds, the cots. I don't want to say beds, they're cots with like really uncomfortable um, like plastic bedding on them between the toilet. Like there's no door or anything, it's just this metal toilet. They did have toilet paper though. So we, three of us were in there and we got to talk and we relaxed a little bit and we all used the restroom. And then they separated us all into different cells. So at that point, too, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know what we were exactly charged for. I didn't know when we were going to get out or, you know, anything like that. I, d I didn't know what was going on. So that was another moment where I started to panic a little bit. But then I heard my friend Taylor whistling the Songs of Liberation um, song that DXC has, which is like, Oh God, I'm such a bad singer. I almost just started singing it for you. But it says, liberation for the animals, liberation, because we are all animals, we're all animals, blah, 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 things like that. I'm sorry that you had to hear that, but it's hard to just speak it. Uh, but there's like really touching lyrics, and I'll share that song in the podcast uh, description as well. But I heard her singing this, and I knew the words to it or not singing, I heard her whistling this, and I knew the lyrics to it, I knew the words, I knew what it meant, and it just grounded me again that they were beside me. So I decided to chill out, and I actually did some yoga in the jail cell. Um, I don't know if I should even share that or if I'm allowed to do that in there, but I was, you know, doing handstands up against the wall because I needed to get my blood going and circulating in a different way, and I needed to calm down, and I needed a point of focus. And for me, that was yoga, and that was handstands. So I was doing that in the jail cell. And then I had this moment where I looked at myself in the mirror, and my hair was all messed up, and I had sand on both sides of my face from my face being pressed onto the ground while I was handcuffed, and I was tan and from being outside and traveling, and I was sunburnt, and I was still dressed up like an orca. And I was in this concrete square where I couldn't go anywhere, and I couldn't do anything besides be with myself. And, you know... It's, if you don't really think through it, it's a really trapping feeling at first. And I just looked at myself in this orca costume, and I'm like, yeah, this is what they go through. They don't have enough space to walk around. You know, they don't have food in, 
here that they can get naturally whenever they need it. You know, they're sunburnt, they're hurt, they're tired. I was cold. Um, I know their temperatures, they're probably hot. But it was just an uncomfortable situation, and it's not a way to live life. And I was only stuck in there for, I don't know how long by myself, what, 45 minutes? But they're stuck in their cages forever. And for them, those, those tanks that they're in feel like the size of a bathtub to us. And if you click on the link that has the article in the video from PETA of this whole demonstration, at the very bottom there's more links on, they're really easy to read, facts on orcas and what they go through and different things like that. So you should check that out because I learned a lot from those articles and you can really just skim through them. They're really easy to read. But in that moment, I was really thinking about orcas and what they go through and every non-human animal. Like, I was uncomfortable for in jail for what, the three-hour experience and the 45-minute experience by myself? But they live like this all the time. And I don't understand why we force others to go through this when we don't have to. You know, we do it because of culture or because it's what we know or it's what we're used to or it's how we make a living. But those excuses don't matter because those individuals go through the worst hurt, the worst pain, and the worst suffering. So I just had another one of those moments where I'm like, all of this is completely unnecessarily unnecessary and I will continue to use my voice and my body and my energies and my spirit whatever I have to speak out for humans and non-human animals alike and we're all animals anyways so just for everyone and that was a really like moment where I felt really present and really conscious and then I laid down and I started to go to sleep and I was drifting off and like I heard the other cells opening and mine was on the very end to the right, so I was the last one that they would be checking in on. And I hear one of the police officers go, hey, wasn't there one more? And the other one's like, uh, I don't know. And I got really scared that they were going to leave me in there. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm in here. Don't forget about me. I'm in here. And they're like, which cell are you in? And I told them the cell number that I was in. And I thought later, like, maybe they were joking, but I don't think that they were. I think they were just like, Oh yeah, there's one other of these activists. Where are they at? So I woke up, I snapped out of my sleep. And I woke up and they opened it and I had to sign some papers about my court date and things like that. And then they released me and I went upstairs, out of the stairs, like into the sunlight. And I saw another one of my activist friends there. You know, and we hugged and we talked and things like that. And we waited for everyone to come out. And we just kind of talked about the situation. And we were all really, <laughs> really hungry so I think we were getting a little hangry as we waited for someone to pick us up um, to take us to eat but the whole situation was eye-opening I don't know if I've ever or if I recently have ever been that present I don't know recently if I've actually had that experience where I really felt like hey this is what it feels like to be someone else where I could really really put myself in their shoes if just for a moment um, and it also taught me <laughs> about how to be arrested and how to do it easier and how, you know, the conduct goes and things like that, like how I need to act, how I need to interact with police officers and law enforcement and the people around me. And so it made me a better activist, but it also made me a better human because I just felt like my heart really was opened a lot. I don't know if I have those moments all the time where I really get to feel what it might feel like to be somewhere else. You know, I can interview and ask questions, and obviously that's the whole point of this podcast. 
But in that moment, I really felt it. So thank you, PETA, for letting me be a part of that. And that was a really, really um, special milestone for me, special moment for me, like I said, as an activist and just as a human. Um, yeah, so I wanted to share that with you. And I'm writing a piece, I think it's really good, about more of my thoughts as I go through this, and it has more comparison to Orca's. And it's a really easy read, and it's something that you can share easily with your friends. You know, it has a little bit of facts in it, but it has more of what it felt like to be an activist during that, and then also that can take you into what it felt like to be an Orca in SeaWorld or other non-human animals that are caged up and locked up. So keep your eyes open for that, and if you want to support the orcas, if you want to support the activists, and everyone that puts all their time into energy and things, you can share that link as soon as I put it up. You can read, you can learn a little bit more about orcas so that you can have conversations with other peoples, and you can stop going to SeaWorld. You can stop supporting them. You can stop supporting their water park and buying their merchandise and things like that. And watch Blackfish, which I honestly haven't yet, which I need to. It's on my list, but I hear it's amazing. And you will learn so much more as to why you should not be supporting them. And I just want to leave you with one thought. Is that people are always yelling at animal rights activists, like, get a job, get a life, blah, 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 blah. And they almost think that, like, we do it for fun because we're bored. But that's not it. This is another social justice movement. Animal liberation, animal rights, this is all just another social justice movement, just like the civil rights movements, um, just like women's rights being brought to the table, just like any other movement. This is serious, and this needs to happen now. And we can continue to look throughout history and see these same patterns um, of things that people say to activists, and we can see how they really, really, really have not changed that much over time. But as time continues and we get active and we get into these social justice issues, things do change. Um, they change very slowly and we're still facing so many problems today that we were a long time ago, so I'm not saying everything is fixed one bit. But if we all want to live liberated, we have to make these things happen. We liberate my activist mode today, my vegan mode, all those things, but I really cannot stress how important this is. So you get to decide which part of history you want to be on. And I really like to compare it to the civil rights movement when people would do sit-ins at lunch counters. Would you be sitting there? Would you be, you know, with the people that you're supporting? Would you be watching it and not saying anything? Would you be the hecklers yelling at those people, telling them to go home, that it's never going to happen? You know, what part would you be taking? And I know a lot of people want to say that they would either be supporting those people, you know, fighting for social justice, fighting for human rights. But it's just hard because if you say that, if you say that you would be on the right side of history and that you continue to be on the right side of history, then you're with us. You're, it's not us against them, but you're with us in the fact that you're fighting with us as an activist in a nonviolent way. You're doing the right thing in your daily practices. You're not consuming animal flesh or animal products. You're not using them for leather, you know, for their leather, for their skin, for their wool. Um, you're not using products that are tested on them. And you're actively speaking out for them. I'm not saying everyone needs to go get arrested, 
But I'm saying that everyone needs to be active and speak out for those who can't speak out for themselves in our language. Um, so what side of history would you be on? What side of history do you want to be on now? That is my question to you. And I just encourage you to think about that over the next couple days. And if you think that, you know, you would be and continue to be on the right side of history, the peaceful, loving side of history, that's making progress, that's freeing all animals, and, you know, you're still participating in some of these practices of oppression for non-human animals, maybe consider reevaluating a few things. I had to, which is not always the easiest, but, you know, I had to and I did it. And if you have already done that, think about getting active, because nothing's going to change by us being passive um, and not saying that we demand this right now. Sure, things will change slowly over time, but if we want real, real big change, we all need to get active. So I just wanted to share that experience with you and what it felt like to be an activist during that and give you some tips on how you can continue to make the world a better place. So thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week. I post a podcast every Friday and I continue to post articles and different things like that. So follow me on Instagram at underscore Wonder Woman Online. You can find me on Facebook as Wonder Woman. That's one world all together word altogether. I'm on Pinterest now. I'm on YouTube. I only have one video up, but I have all these social media accounts. So the links will definitely be in the bio, this description of this podcast. So take a look out for that and connect with me. I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast or with everything I'm sharing or even about travel. So remember my blog is a lot about travel too. So if you have any questions on travel or how to travel with no money, I'm here for you. If you have any questions on veganism, activism, animal rights, social justice issues, I'm also here for you. I don't know everything, but I'm learning. Also, if you want to talk about how to stay calm in situations like that and using yoga and using your breath, I'm here for you. <laughs> All these different things. So stay happy, stay whole, stay well, you know, as much as you can. Take it easy on yourself. And really just show yourself love and show those around you love as much as you can. Happy travels.